0: we spend a lot of time talking about how to get customers but retaining them really focusing on the brand uh i think that's super important it's something that seems like a fluff piece but if you don't really understand who your brand is and that brand voice um then why do your customers want to follow you what kind of content is engaging enough <music>
1: Welcome to Unpacked, the show for ecom leaders who want to level up their skills. With us, you'll learn the secrets and stories of eight figure ecom operators who have scaled category leading brands. Let's dive in. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Stephanie Bregman, VP of Marketing at 4Ocean and ex CMO of Manly Bands. Stephanie comes to us with over two decades of experience in ecom and has a number of battle tested strategies and war stories from her time scaling to eight figures and beyond. Great to have you, Stephanie.
0: Thank you for having me, Eric. I appreciate it. Looking forward to talking.
1: Love it. So, Stephanie, want to start with just quick background so the listeners can get to know you a little bit. Will you share a bit with us about 4 Oceans, specifically the vision and mission?
0: Yeah. I mean, 4Ocean started because of um, our CEO, him and a buddy were going to uh, Bali and they were trying to go surfing and they just were shocked by how much plastic was in the ocean and. And the fact that it was just like disrupting their trip, they couldn't imagine how bad it had actually got. You know, it actually had gotten. Um, And so, what they ended up doing was talking to some of the local people that lived in that area. They even found out from the local fishermen that they couldn't even catch fish anymore because of the the amount of trash and plastic and garbage in the ocean. So, uh, they decided to kind of turn it into a business and. Are taking the plastic that they are collecting from the ocean and turning them into bracelets, and then the bracelets that they're selling are then helping to pay for the impact. Uh, they've hired captains and crews from around the world in Bali and Guatemala, and here here also in, in Boca Raton, Florida, um, that are hired as full time captains and crews, full benefits. They work for us to make sure that they can help continue to to do the amazing work that they do every single day. And to this point, we've collected over 30 million pounds of plastic and trash from the world's oceans.
1: It's incredible, and it's one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on as a surfer and gen- general general mm-hmm. water creature, big yeah. big supporter of the mission. And Thank you so much. So, two part question for you: sure. Tell us a bit how you got started in the ecom world, and then what has kept you in this world for the past two mm-hmm. decades.
0: Yeah, my journey is not very typical. So I started off working in e in 1995, building websites. Um, this is before they even had like credit card processing on websites at that point. Um, my father was uh, in the medical field and he was a foot, a foot and ankle doctor and said he wanted to start selling medical braces online, believe it or not, back in the 90s. And um, so we started off... They didn't really know back then a lot so we had like multiple websites be we it like ankleshop.com and kneeshop.com and backshop.com and so i was helping him you know we didn't have like a shopify or anything like that so we were just doing pure coding creating websites selling products online and then uh, a guy came to us and said hey i'm going to help you with something called google ads and you know we spent 100 bucks and we made a thousand dollars and we're like hey we, there's something here now i will say margins have changed a lot since then when it comes to advertising uh, but that kind of started my journey uh and my love for online uh, shopping because people kept saying like, there's no way you're going to sell medical products online. And, uh, you know, we created the system to how to measure yourself properly and be able to do this. And it, and it worked and it took off. And so that was kind of my start into the business was really like learning about it before people really even knew what it was. Um, and then, you know, then it got, it turned into Amazon. I mean, I was advertising on MySpace and, you know, that's before, you know, obviously before Facebook was around. So it, I think that for me, I come from like the school of like, you learn as you go. We didn't really have this uh, in school. Um, when I went to college, they actually, it was their first year, they had an e-com major, uh, which we learned it was literally like HTML and cybersecurity. Um, that's really all they could teach us at that point in time back in like 2000. And this is between 2001 and 2005. Um, so yeah, so it was really, it's interesting. So I kind of got into it from a little bit of a different angle but over time you know I've worked for a couple a bunch of different e-com brands I really specialize in like working with startup brands and helping them realize how to look at their numbers how to look at a, a business you know from a whole and really work backwards to see like what do you what do you really want in this revenue and profit and helping to figure out what are their uh, marketing efficiency ratios need to be and how else they should look at the business differently because my background's not just in marketing but because in the very beginning uh, working with my family's company um, it was really Really just all the financials involved so I, had, I did a very holistic approach uh to e uh, but it's been it's been a journey it's been a really crazy journey um, and then obviously my last job i was uh, working for manly bands a CMO for over over four years uh and when i started with the company you know they were doing fairly well but we grew like crazy within a four-year period and basically became like the number one men's wedding ring company in the country which was uh, which was incredible um, and then I had this amazing opportunity to work right in my backyard here at four ocean, uh, here in Florida. And it's been amazing. Um, so I couldn't ask for anything better from a position, um, uh, because now not only am I handling and working with e but also wholesale as well as, um, partnerships working with other brands and other companies to help offset their plastic and their uh, production line.
1: It's an exciting journey. And big shout out to your dad for being ahead of the curve there <laughs> in the 90s.
0: Yes, for sure. He, he's, he got me into this. So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here.
1: Absolutely. So want to dive into kind of our challenges, triumphs, insights from the trenches section here. So yep. I want to talk to you about you, you kind of mentioned it, but what phase of growth you enjoy the most? It sounds like the startups. Can you just tell me a little bit yeah. more about the why behind that?
0: Yeah, because I think for me, I enjoy watching just the growth. And I also love the fact that we have this like we have the ability to like move quickly and be agile as a company. We don't have the red tape that you typically get with much larger companies and larger brands. So it's just really exciting to see this concept, this dream of a CEO to have this like want to do something better with the world or to push their product because they know that people would really love it. And to see it go from like that concept phase to like execution, to be able to carry carry that out um, and to start seeing like revenue coming in very quickly. So that's probably my favorite stage is when that's starts to happen. Then I would say my second stage is when we hit the ceiling. I know it sounds crazy. Everyone hates that. But when we hit the ceiling, that's when the creativity can really come in and you can figure out really unique and exciting ways to continue to grow the brand.
1: That's great. And I want to dive deeper into the that ceiling. Are there specific challenges you, you typically see brands run into when, when they hit that ceiling?
0: Yeah, I think what happens is a lot of times, what I've seen with certain brands, because I've done a lot of consulting in my past too, is they'll hit a ceiling and they'll say, "I can't do any more than X," because if I spend more than this, my efficiency ratio gets too high. Uh, and sometimes they haven't done a couple things; they haven't tried optimizing their ads to the fullest potential. They haven't tried running, you know, running ad to cart campaigns or other lead gen type campaigns that aren't always, you know, based off of completing an order. They haven't thought outside the business uh, outside the box about how their business can also transition and do things a little bit differently. I mean, we're in a really unique time right now because our ad costs have gotten so tremendously high. You have to really think, what can I do differently? Whether it's getting in front of the media, whether it's um, really pushing, you know, virality on social media on that organic approach, uh, or maybe changing the way that you're looking at your business. So like with at 4Ocean, a perfect example is you know on the D2C side, we're, we were doing really well selling a lot of the bracelets, but at the same time, we know that we can't change the way that we are doing things unless we look at our business a little bit differently. So what we started to realize was that there's a lot of companies out there that want to do better. They want to offset their plastics. So we created a partnerships program at 4Ocean where companies can actually offset their plastic. We have a, a buy one pull one where you buy a partner's product and we actually pull a pound of trash from the ocean or with plastic neutrality for brands who can't get rid of all the plastic because of FDA regulations or whatever else that there is. And now we can they can make their products plastic neutral. And some of those brands have actually been able to get themselves into places like Costco and, and other stores where they didn't even think it was possible. Um, or, you know, because of all the competition of other companies trying to come into that space. Um, So being able to pivot and say, okay, we're going to still do this, but if we can get a lift from this other part of our business, it will allow us to be able to be more flexible with that efficiency. Um, And so it's really just finding really unique ideas and opportunities of growth. Um, I think some of the biggest stresses most small businesses have is should i be going into television should i be going into podcasting Should I, you know what other opp- opportunities do i have to grow that funnel and allow your email allow other methods to kind of continue to close those customers and what can i do to get them to come back um, we spend a lot of time talking about how to get customers but retaining them really focusing on the brand uh, i think that's super important it's something that seems like a fluff piece but if you don't really understand who your brand is and that brand voice um, then why do your customers want to follow you? What kind of content is engaging enough? Um, I've worked for so many brands where they go, I'm not a, a ring company, we're a media company, you know? And so I think that approach really tells you that we care about our customers and we want to, we want to provide them with education, entertainment, whatever it is that gets them to keep coming back and become advocates for your brand.
1: Yeah, it's the getting creative at the right time, but making sure you're picking the right thing. And I'm a big supporter of brand as well. I think there's, you know, the, the Patagonias and, and Yetis of the world. And it's kind of like, they've, they're they media companies, right? And they stand for yes. something. So yes. um, definitely, definitely hear you there. Mm-hmm. So kind of in this in a similar vein, always mm-hmm. love to hear kind of like, the, the story is like the most successful campaign you ever ran um, and just understanding like what inspired it and what did you ultimately learn from it?
0: Sure. Um, I'll talk about maybe two different ones. Um, I'll talk one one at Manly Bands, which was really fun. We had a huge obstacle there where people wanted to... Get their rings but they had issues because they didn't know what ring size they were and so we said well let's take see what we can do to take this out of the equation and what can we do to generate leads well we create this huge lead form right before the holidays where we know that it gets super expensive to advertise right during like november december what can we do uh earlier in that quarter or the end of the previous quarter to generate as much new customers into the funnel as we can so that we can spend time emailing them versus new advertising and new prospecting. So we decided to to give away a free ring sizer for an email, you provide us your email, we'll give you a free ring sizer. And it took off it was one of our most successful campaigns. Um, obviously we're giving away something for free. However, these are people who obviously wanna get a ring at some point. And so we knew right away, not only do, we, do they now know what their ring size is, but we know they're a qualified lead. And it was just a wonderful way for us to be able to capture enough customers to get them into the funnel before the holiday season. So for me, that was probably one of our most successful like new campaigns when I was with them. Um, and I would say with Four ocean, I think for us some of the campaigns that have done really well is just going back to the basics of the brand uh, when I first started, um I think they were spending a lot of time really pushing product versus pushing brand and origin story. And so once we started changing that up and really started realizing, you know, not everybody knows who we are. um we're doing so much good. Let's talk about it. Um I think those are the campaigns that have done really well, and then we've also, Put, pulled back on having content that looks high, uh, like a high end um, camera produced it versus like just taking cell phone content and really, you know, having that kind of like Instagram, TikTok kind of look where we're showing real and raw content from the field of the stuff that we're doing when we go out in these cleanups. And every one of us does. So um, it, it's just, it's cool to be able to bring people into it, give them that behind the scenes of what we're doing. And people really resonate with that messaging.
1: People want to know how the sausage is made, right? And so it's telling that authentic story and documenting and doesn't always have to be highly produced. So definitely, definitely appreciate that. So want to talk through, uh, kind of hiring, right? And we all, we all know people are, people are what make up a business, obviously. And I just want to better understand like what your process is around hiring and how you think about it.
0: Well, um, I am a very personal believer that if you don't have the right people, the A players on your team, there's no way that you can be successful. Um, when it comes to me hiring individuals, whether I'm putting resume, you know, putting jobs out on Indeed, or sometimes there, there's been times where I've just gone through LinkedIn and said, you know, th- these are great people. Honestly, a lot of the people I've hired are people I've worked with in the past because they've been incredible. Um, I think uh, where I am now, I think there's three people that I work with now, four, almost four, three and a half, I'll say that literally work with me now that used to work me in my previous my previous role. Um, I always am very loyal to the people I bring on um, I put as I, I'm very big into education, training, helping them get to where they want to be. Um, if you stand behind your team, they will do wonders for you. Um, I do not live in a silo. The success we had over the previous my previous role and where I am now is not because of me on the marketing team, it's because of the amazing, incredible people that we've brought on. So what I always say is like, just, you have to know what you want from the people that you're bringing on board and invest the time in them to make them great um, and take your time and be patient with the hiring process. It's really important to get the right people on the bus and uh, then just trying to get the people. So
1: get clear on it and take your time basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So this is one of my favorite questions. Do you have any oh shit moments you can share, and just walk us through what happened, how'd you resolve it, and what did you learn from it?
0: All right. Well, I don't know. I won't say that I resolved it. We we settled with it, but um, this is probably one of my big, biggest ones. So, um, when I was working um, in my previous role at Manly Bands, we hired. Um, I was working to try to work. I was trying to work with a big celebrity. We worked with a lot of ambassadors and influencers, and I really wanted to work with the Bachelor franchise. Uh, being a wedding band company, and um, I actually hired—well, um, I won't say hired—we contracted with uh, Chris Harrison, and uh, from who was the host of The Bachelor at the time. Uh, so after working with them, we were really excited. We were going to do a ring line with them. He had a great record. We just knew that we would start with him, and then ma- eventually make our way to the show. Similar to how there's another ring company as well that was doing it at the time. Um, so we really wanted to. To try something really unique and get in front of a new audience, which was really the entertainment industry. So, uh, and while it was working, it was working really great. We produced two different commercials with Chris. We had a lot of um, uh, really great content that we did. We were on a lot, we had amazing PR coverage uh, with lots of different entertainment publications. And I remember the day, I think it was a weekend, where I saw a news article come across because there was this big controversy that had happened with Chris. I don't know if you remember this or not. Okay, well, there was a big controversy that happened, and basically, as soon as it, I saw the news article about it, I said, w- "This is not good." Because our just like where I am now, like where I was before, were a, we were a very inclusive brand, and we had to be very careful about um, anyone who would you know represent us. Obviously, he had no stakes in our company; it was just like he was a licensed partner, um, and he was a, you know obviously he was a really great guy to work with. But it was just one of those things where we said, "Uh oh." you know, what are we going to do? And I think this is one thing I will tell other brands is that it's always good to have influencers and ambassadors, but there is always a risk you have with celebrities, even no matter how long they've been doing something. I don't care who they are. Um, there's always risk involved. So if you're going to spend a lot of money, you just have to understand that's the risk that you're taking, because guess what, when that happens, you don't get any of that money back. Um, and so then you end up having to you know, make sure that you know, as a company, you don't get canceled for being associated with certain celebrities. And so, um, so I'm not speaking on, on him individually, just the fact that brands need to be very careful, uh, when they're partnering with celebrities, because we had to really like literally take everything back off the site. And we had to disassociate ourselves uh, just to make sure that people understood that this was not his words were not our words as a company. So, you know, just be careful as is, is my is my message for that one, but that was a big moment of, you know, and so from a resolution standpoint, yes, we had to handle that carefully, but um yeah, there's not really much you can do in that circumstance other than kind of step back and try to either you can either take a stance on the issues or you could step back and just disassociate um with that said celebrity, so
1: yeah fortunately it wasn't the adidas and and kanye situation because i know that i've seen a lot of yeah
0: there's been a lot of brands that have gone through some stuff i mean we saw it with we saw it Uh, like, you know, Anheuser-Busch recently. We've seen it with a lot of brands where um, a spokesperson can really be like make or break a brand and it could destroy you. And so you just have to be really careful. You try to partner with the right people, set the right expectations, and um, you just try to do the right thing. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, like we are, 4ocean is an extremely inclusive brand. So um, we just want to kind of put that out there that, you know, whatever we can do, you know, to help with the mission—that's the most important thing for us. Um, everything kind of goes back to that.
1: Absolutely. So, so I want to jump into our rapid fire section here. So, think Vogue seventy-three questions format. <laughs> Goals: breeze okay. through these, keep answers one or two sentences, and kind of touch on some hot topics in the in the ecom space. Share some secrets, <laughs> lesser known facts about being an ecom leader. So, first question for you: What is your favorite ecom tech tool and why?
0: Um, I would say supermetrics. Um, I'm a numbers geek, I'm always doing budgeting. I'm always looking at reports. So it allows me to obviously easily uh, get data quickly without having to use any other third-party software tools.
1: Biggest misconception about working in
0: e-com? Um, probably that I sit behind a desk all day. I literally spent... A couple of weeks ago, sitting in like knee deep in like what they call sargasm water, which is like very muddy, stinky water, pulling t- with a knife, like cutting my, you know, cutting uh, what they call ghost nets or like fishing nets out of the mangrove trees. So we also get down and dirty. We're not just sitting behind a desk all day. Um, it's always important when you're an e com to be as part of the brand as you can. So
1: I would love to see a photo or video of that. <laughs>
0: There's a video on my LinkedIn. If you want to go take a look, you'll see I actually got caught in one of the nets. It was very funny. So.
1: There you go. Um, what is the most overrated and underrated trend in e-com?
0: Sure. I would say the most overrated are, is the same thing as underrated. I would say the most overrated are reporting tools that really don't give you much more information than you can, can get from analytics. And I would say underrated is proper reporting tools, Um, tools that allow you to really test for incrementality, you know, incrementality testing and not just relying on your own analytics data. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of the same thing for both.
1: It's funny how that works out, right? Yes. And what are you most excited for in the next 90 days, personally or professionally?
0: So we have been doing a huge kind of like rebrand at 4ocean. So I'm really excited that we are going to, a couple of things that are going to be happening. One, um, we have a, a new homepage mission impact experience, um, and a con- what we call our content hub. But what we're going to be doing is giving our customers the complete flexibility to see every impact report that we do every single day from all of our different locations they'll be able to select what dates they want to look at they can see exactly what's happening from a report standpoint through a third party you know we have obviously we have a third party audit um but we can see images from that day's cleanup so it's all about just transparency professionally so um, i'm just excited to see what that's going to look like and then there's also a lot of really cool brands behind the scenes that are uh, partnering with us that i can't talk about yet but i'm really excited to see some of that coming through Um, i would say personally just you know i'll tell you this this is kind of funny um personally i would say i literally spend every weekend with my kids (laughs) so i don't have too much of a personal life but i will say i really from an education standpoint um i would say continuing to educate myself GA4, you know, obviously I had to migrate over there like everybody else and just really educating myself on how to better utilize that as a marketing person. um, It's so different than anything I've ever had. Uh, You know, I've been working with, you know, GA for a long time, but just GA4 is a completely different look and feel. So I think just that education piece is something that I'll probably be trying to better myself on in the next 90 days.
1: You're not alone there. I've heard that (laughs) a lot. Yeah. And then if you could only significantly impact one KPI this year, what would it be?
0: I would say our subscriptions, and that would be through offering more added value to our subscribers, giving them a reason to want to come back, um, you know, little surprises and the delights and things like that. So I would definitely say like our subscribers, which are our most loyal customers.
1: Absolutely. Who's another brand or e-com leader that inspires you?
0: Um, I would say I have a silly sense of humor. So I would say, probably like Manscaped or Liquid Death. I, I know a couple of guys over there. Um, I just love really fun brands that push the limits to do things differently than others and have had an incredible growth.
1: And both have made a ton of noise and it has yes. worked out well for them. 100%. And then, final question here any special offers or promos you'd like to share with listeners?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would love it. If anyone can come to the website for ocean.com, come to the site and sign up you get 20% off. Um, also if you become a subscriber, obviously you also get special, uh, rates, but every time you pull a product with us, we are pulling pounds of plastic and trash from the world's ocean. And so please, you know, feel free to come by and you'll get a 20% discount off when you, uh, provide us your email, uh, and SMS.
1: And we will drop that in the show notes below. Thank so, you. As promised, we're keeping this short and sweet. Stephanie, it's been a pleasure having you and love to more about your story, triumphs, lessons over your two decades in the ecom world. Um, we will link everything in the show notes. And for the audience, thank you for tuning in to Unpacked, where we share the secrets and stories of eight figure ecom operators. I'm your host, Eric Dodds. Be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend if you enjoyed our time together. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Yeah ooh ooh